Welcome to Balance with Carmen and Ashi, your lifestyle podcast. We're two busy mums trying to find some balance in our lives. We're here to discuss important topics and to have some fun along the way. We hope you enjoy this week's episode. I've been quite the regular at Gold Coast Private and I've seen all the photos on the walls and that is yours, is that right? They are all mine. Yeah. I am talking to Jade today from Jade Reed Photography. So you're a newborn photographer as well? I am, family and newborns. Yeah, we have that in common, except I'm on maternity leave all the time. (laughs) Um, And Jade reached out on a post that I made looking for a mum that was cared for by Judy, who we had on last week's episode. And so we can kind of get the other point of view, being taken care of by midwives at the hospital where Judy works. Absolutely. You said that you had quite a large baby. Tell me about it. It was baby number four. And if I could have had all my babies at Gold Coast Private, I would have. It's just amazing. Um, And it was a rough pregnancy. I think just the size obviously would have been enough, but it was like baby number four too. So it kind of all of it just put together. I could barely walk by the end. I'd done a couple of trips to the hospital, like right getting close to 40 weeks uh, with, you know, those moments where you think, oh, I haven't felt baby move for a while. And it's like been a whole day. I'm like, should I go in? Should I not go in? Every time I call, they always say, come in. It's better to be safe than sorry. And they're all just so lovely. There's never a single judgment. They just want to care for you. Yeah. I never felt dismissed. Even if I called about something super small where I felt like I was being silly for even asking. Yeah. yeah they never made you feel like you're being silly. And um, so I guess the less movement fit could maybe also have been because of no room for baby in there because <laughs> they were so big. <laughs> so big, probably. Yeah. So was that a boy or girl? Boy. Boy, boy number four. Wow. And how did it compare to all your other pregnancies? It was the worst. Oh my gosh. All the other pregnancies were not anywhere near as bad as this one. Honestly, it's just so hard. <laughs> I know. I think it also gets harder because you have to look after the other children while you're pregnant. Right. I think I was a little bit lucky that all the others were old enough to be at school. So they're relatively independent. They can, you know, get stuff out the fridge and take care of themselves a bit. Uh, so I think that helped instead of, you know, if you've got like several of them under four, uh, that's a bit tougher. Yeah. Well, I mean, mine, um, by the time my third was born, my oldest just turned two. No. Oh. <laughs> so I had two in nappies when I was pregnant yeah, with my third. No too bad yeah (laughs) but still you had an extra one so I feel like it's pretty much the same thing yeah pretty much (laughs) so when you with your fourth did you know that baby was measuring much larger yeah I went with Dr. Suhan and um she was super lovely she's very uh client-led very mama-led so she doesn't really go oh you've got such a huge baby you better do this you better do that you have to have to do that she would just say oh on the bigger side and all my other babies were like nine pound niners anyway. So we met big babies. So I didn't really think much of it. And we were aiming for a natural birth, um, which didn't really work out at the end. But I think we had a really great outcome, mostly from Judy and her team being able to like help us through yeah. decisions and navigating that. Did you naturally go into labor? Like, tell me about the day baby was born, like from when you decided. It's not oh, really a day. <laughs> or the week. <laughs> the story is like a few weeks leading up. Baby was posterior, so I think being on the bigger side and being the wrong way around just all probably also led into the whole difficulties of being able to feel him moving. 
and then I could tell he was trying to engage, but having other children before and the size of his big noggin, he was huge, <laughs> um, and being posterior, he just couldn't really engage properly. He wasn't going to sit down there. My body's had plenty of kids before, so it's it, it, there's room to like shift it. It's not like going to hold him in place. So it was like bobbing in, bobbing out, bobbing in, bobbing out. I had um, what felt like early contractions or what they call prodromal labor, which is um, really difficult for me because often they say, well, they're, they're only Braxton Hicks if you stop and you lie down and you rest and they go away. For me, that didn't happen. They got more intense when I would lie down, so I couldn't rest. Uh, so that was like the few weeks leading up. My mental health was severely declining because I was so keen on this natural birth. Um, and then I went in for the third time for the reduced movements. It was on a Sunday night and I'm like, can you just pop my waters already? <laughs> I'm done. We could get this baby out. I couldn't cope with physically, mentally anymore. It's too much. And they said, no, that's just let you go home sleep in your own bed, in your own house, have a good shower, be comfortable, come back in first thing in the morning when we've, you know our staff is here, Judy's here and all that sort of stuff. Um, and then we can pop your waters in the morning and then we'll get labor kickstarted and off we go. So that's what we did. And I think it was such a good choice. We went home, we packed some bags properly. Um, Sean was able to come in, my husband Sean was able to come in with me in the morning, my mother-in-law was already at our house to take care of all the other kids and she'd be waiting around for like two weeks because we're like, oh yeah, early labor started, maybe we should get her down, maybe she'd be here in a week or so. <laughs> no, no. Um, so we went into hospital in the morning, they put the, put the cannula in and I passed out. <laughs> off to a good start. Off to a great start, <laughs> right. So my body passes out. And I'm, it, it sounds very dramatic, but like as I'm sort of just starting to pass out and I can't respond to anybody because everything's blacking out, I felt horribly sick. And I'm like, nobody's having a baby today. I'm just going to die on the table. I just, <laughs> that, and that's okay. It was rather peaceful, but I was, I was okay about it. I'm like, that's what's happening today. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> we get me back around. We get me some breakfast. We get me some juice and some and then you decided having a baby is probably a better option. Maybe having the baby is the better option. But I think because my body had that little bit of a shock reaction with the cannula, Baba had also pooed inside, so there was meconium water. So they popped my waters and it was already messy and dirty and, and we could tell he was already probably under a little bit of stress, probably because he wasn't prepared for me to pass out right now. So that was already there. So we're like, okay, well, that's fine. Doesn't need to be a concern. Everybody was really chilled, super relaxed about it. It's okay if that's happened. We're just going to continue on and see how your labor progresses. But interestingly enough for me, and given that I've been through several labors before, some natural, some C-sections, um, everything just kind of felt off. Nothing felt right. I enjoy early labor normally. Like I kind of get into the mood, into the zone, and it's kind of fun and it's very exciting. And, you know, you breathe through the things. And, like, I quite enjoy early to mid mid-labor it's quite strange I do too and I found that when you I was induced so for me the contractions came on hard and fast but there's a pattern to it so you can get used to it you can get into the rhythm of it it's it's almost like training yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like hit training you know it's coming it's only for a minute or two and then you're back to resting a bit so yeah I quite enjoy it as well I don't know if anybody else calls it fun but we can call it fun <laughs> um so yes things didn't feel amazing um, they didn't feel right. It wasn't like it should have felt. 
Um, the contractions felt weird. I felt, still felt a little bit sick, so I don't know if my body was still trying to figure itself out after passing out. And Judy had come in and because we've got the, you know, trying to monitor baby to make sure he's fine, monitoring me, make sure I'm fine. And Bubba's heart rate just, you know, that when babies' heart rates accelerate and decelerate with contractions and they sort of work in flow with you and there's a whole thing going on. Um, he wasn't really doing that. Like his heartbeat was there, but when I say it's flatlined, it's not like his, his, his heart rate's there, but yeah. it's just, it's just steady, steady and low. So he's not really... He wasn't affected by the contractions. Affected by contractions or anything else going on. um, And they looked weak. And so Judy's coming in. She's given us that information. I'm like, oh, okay, well, I'm not feeling great, but I would still like to proceed with how we're going. And, you know, if Bob's doing okay, then we're doing okay. Everything's fine. Can I ask, did you have a birth plan going in? I don't have, like, super strict birth plans. I just have – I am a really go-with-the-flow person. Uh, I like to keep things as natural as possible. So, you know, prefer no inductions, prefer no cervical checks, um, all those sorts of things. But, you know, I'm still open, and I know that there's lots of different decisions that are going to be made along the way, and it may not all go exactly to plan. Yeah. So it was like a light-hearted – idea called a plan but like a <laughs> preferences yeah. said you know generic preferences nothing too strict so nobody was doing their cervical checks unless i asked for them uh they were completely respectful of any decisions and choices that i wanted and supported everything that i said or asked for or anything like that which was just it just makes it nicer yeah. it's easier it's calmer you can feel confident about it they know that any choices you're making, they're respectful, which means you feel more confident in telling them what you're after rather than having to, like, fight and barter and mm. stuff through the hospital. So we continued on for a little bit more, um, and his heart rate was just declining a little and just relatively still not engaged in this in this situation, wasn't really keen on doing much. He was, it's kind of like he was almost going to sleep, which didn't feel good to me uh judy was just giving me the information and i had a lot of midwives and my um dr suha the obstetrician also wasn't there yet she was on her way so there was lots of communication between the midwives to suha they would call her she'd let them know information or give them my information that i wanted to tell suha uh, so it was the, all of these to and fro's and back and forths uh and i started to get a little bit concerned or oh, not concerned but probably just overwhelmed with the amount of to and froing with all of these things and uh, I think this is why I love Judy so much because she basically kind of just came in and she said listen Jade baby just isn't improving he's not improving at all and he's kind of going the opposite way I would probably suggest now is a time to maybe consider jumping in and having a c-section we want baby's outcome to be good and we want your outcome to be good as well so i think now is probably the time for you to start having some other considerations about what's going to happen with your labor right now and the whole room just stopped and everyone's just looking at us waiting for me to like make a decision i'm like okay can we all just give me five or ten minutes (laughs) to have a chat with my husband make some phone calls and we'll figure out what we want to do there Judy says, yep, everyone, out we all go. Let's just give them the time they need. Um, 
which was just fabulous. You know, nobody pushed it. Nobody said, hurry up. This is a desperate situation. You're in serious trouble right now. Um, Because it wasn't an epic emergency. Yeah. So they didn't present it like an epic emergency. So I was able to have time and just calm and confident about it. That's just just what Judy does. It's just calm and confident and wanting the best for everybody. So we stopped. Everyone left. We made some phone calls to parents and whatnot to say, hey, look, this whole thing isn't working out. It's really not going well. Baby um, doesn't look like he's going to make it through labour. Uh, so we just, we were just given the time we were able to say, okay, yeah, all right, well, let's go for the cesarean, um, because that'll be calmer and easier on everybody. And we don't want to get to the end of labor. I have had failure to progress before where I haven't dilated all the way to 10 centimeters and I have giant babies. So getting them out and I call it the reed head. That's my family name is the reeds. <laughs> it's, I call it the reed head because all the all our boys have ginormous, giant freaking round heads. I'm like, it's probably not going to fit. <laughs> so I haven't had a C-section, mm. but at this stage, because it's not considered an emergency situation, mm. you're not in a position where they're going to put you under to do the C-section. No. You'll be able to be awake and yeah, put the curtain put up. Yeah, put the epidural in, um, do the whole thing as as any sort of planned C-section would, would go ahead. So I've had the first one was a C-section, the next two were um, natural, and this third one, fourth one was hopefully natural, but going for a second C-section. So I've kind of like been through a whole <laughs> baby-bearing experiences, and I've got to say I think it was – for a cesarean, it was the best birth ever. <laughs> it That's went great. so great. We made the decision. We let them know. And, you know, just the communication went all the way down to the team. And Suhard was already in, so she could just go straight to the operating room and get gloved up and all ready. Um, and by the time I had, like, made the decision, that I'm like, okay, we're having a cesarean. I don't want any more contractions. I'm like, somebody get this epidural now. <laughs> How good's an epi? <laughs> How good is an epi? It's so relaxing. <laughs> Except my first one, you know how they try to keep it around like your chest is the highest they want it to go? Yeah. Mine went up to my neck. Mm. So my breathing was starting to Just get affected funny. by it. Yeah. Oh, that's a bit of a worry. Yeah. That was scary for a little while there, mm. but they managed to. They managed to bring it back down. Yeah. <laughs> Great how they can do that. Were you able to do an assisted parent delivery or were you not interested in that? <laughs> Honestly, at this stage and after the amount of pregnancies and breastfeeding issues and all the babies and all the things, just get the baby out. That's literally the <laughs> I was third not one. interested. Just hand me a baby, okay? I'll do skin <laughs> to skin and that's that's what I would like and, and we did all of those things. So <laughs> just, just get it out. I don't care. I'm like... Oh, I can just lie here and do nothing. It's awesome. How good. <laughs> How good. <laughs> and so the delivery went just beautiful, lovely and calm. And honestly, I can, I'm a massive advocate for natural drug-free, leave women alone while they're having the babies and pregnancies. Um, but I can see why people do choose plan C-sections because it's calm, it's easy. There's no effort on the body in terms of the laboring, you know, those natural muscular things our bodies have to do. I know it's huge abdominal surgery. But boy, oh boy, I thought recovery was going to suck because the first C-section I had, I labored for like 20-odd something hours and then at eight and a half centimeters I had a C-section. I did like both. To me, I went with you both. Yeah. Uh, besides stretching out a baby's head. Um, <laughs> so recovery was awful the first time around. 
Mr. Curry was just so easy. Oh, really? I was going to ask. My body didn't go through the laboring part. Yeah. It was just, as I say, just the surgery, just the surgery um, to get Bubba out. Um, I was really, really grateful that I could recover the way I did because I wasn't expecting to. Oh, well, that's good news. And especially, like, as you said, you you didn't exhaust your body to that extent of going through active labor. Yeah. So your body could focus on recovering and then getting ready for breastfeeding. Did you have a decent journey with that or did you just go forth, baby, I'm done? No, I wanted to. We tried. um, But as as natural as breastfeeding is, we all know it's not that simple. No. And... I had I couldn't decide. I was in the hospital and like, do I try this? Do I not? I'm you know, we've got a business here, I need to get back to that sooner rather than later. And now I've had a C section, it's going to be later, a little bit later. Uh and I've got three other kids. What the heck am I gonna do? What do I do? And she's like, Oh well, you know, you can either take your medication to to cut your supply or you can, you know, try pumping because my what's it called? First stuff? The colostrum? The colostrum. Colostrum hadn't really come. Like, I think Bubba got some out of those first few feeds. Milk wasn't coming. He wasn't latching. Like, all the issues. All the issues. <laughs> and then I thought, okay, let's do a little bit of a pump to see if we can really bring some milk in. Didn't really bring any milk in. It just gave me a giant abscess instead. I don't think it was the pumping, but I just ended up with a massive abscess under one side, <laughs> under my boob. That's not a great place to get abscesses Mm-mm. because you can't like air it and you can't let it. Especially oh. if you're full of milk, <laughs> just gets too crowded. Yeah, just get too crowded. So then I said, you know what? I've had enough. We're just going to take some medication. We're going to cut this supply and we're going to formula feed. So you can take medication to cut supply. I did not yeah. know that. It dries it up for you. Oh. It doesn't cut the supply, but it does dry it up rather than, inc- you know, encouraging it to keep going. So yeah, there's a couple tablets you can pop. <laughs> That's good to know. I did not even know that. I had an oversupply with my first. It was mastitis? I never got it. I was so lucky. And I even, when I decided to stop breastfeeding with each of my children, I didn't have to wean. I literally just stopped. And with the amount of supply I had, I am honestly surprised that I didn't get mastitis. And I I know for a fact a few mums are probably, like, hating me right now hearing that (laughs) because I have friends who are struggling to wean their children off breastfeeding because every time they try, they get mastitis. And I'm like, oh, I feel so sorry for you. How hard would that be to manage? I've never had that problem either because I managed to breastfeed the first two. The second two ended up um, formula-fed. And my kids, I don't know if it's a boy thing or just a my family thing. I'm just going to call it a genes thing in my family because um, they just self-weaned just before they turned one. They're like, no, no, we like the real food, thank you. And they self-wean themselves and they kind of – so the supply naturally drops as they naturally stop having feeds. So yeah. oh, I couldn't imagine, like, having to attempt to consciously wean a child off Yeah, the and if they're not interested in doing it either – not hungry and they don't want the actual food because you know have you ever tasted breast milk <laughs> a little bit i sprayed because <laughs> i had such an oversupply i literally just aimed for my, <laughs> and i sprayed <laughs> and yeah it's sweet it's like it's like sugar sweet it's, some it's people think that's weird but it's like you're expecting your child to drink it so you may as well taste what it's about <laughs> It's of an unusual flavour, but it's it's so much sweeter than just normal cow's milk. Did you ever spray your husband? I never had that <laughs> epic amount of supply, no. And he wouldn't have told me of any other way that that might have happened. <laughs> that may have occurred. 
Um, yeah. <laughs> so with your second being a VBAC, mm. so those who don't know, that's vaginal birth after C-section. Yeah. Um, how was that experience for you? That was like the best birth ever of all three of them. It was entirely drug-free. I didn't, aside from a bit of gas to get through, um, I didn't take anything else whatsoever. It was entirely a natural birth. So I nine pound nine on the C-section and then nine pound nine on the VBAC. Like two stitches maybe on a mini, mini, mini little tear. And it was amazing. Did you go into labor naturally? Yeah. Obviously, because you said it was all natural. So mm. your body just knew it's time. Yeah. Mm, that's really good. And were you nervous going for a VBAC? Um, because what is what are the risks going for a VBAC? Is there a chance of the your... The most common issue is that, yeah, your, your original C-section scar will tear which obviously then is a very big emergency situation and then, yeah, yeah, you're probably ending up likely with like a cesarean to cut it, get the baby out. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, once your uterus is torn, there's like no, no way to like for that muscle to like push anymore. There's a giant hole in it. Yeah, and um, did you have to um, wait a specific amount of time to have another baby after? We, we just we naturally managed to do because we're actually natural family planners as well so we just go by cycles and and whatever for when we're trying to conceive and we're trying not to conceive so uh we we left it for a good almost two years so by the time i was birthing the next one it was um exactly two years later first baby is the first of june and the second one is the 31st of may so it's like exactly two years later we changed caregivers from the first C-section to wanting the VBAC because the obstetrician at the time, who's no longer working, his policy was once a C-section, always a C-section. I'm like, no, thank you. Uh, so we went and found somebody who was VBAC supportive, and that was Penny Isherwood. And, you know, that wasn't like there was a whole lot of conversations about that. It was like, okay, well, off you go. Enjoy your pregnancy. And then we came in for birthing. And, you know, when you get that transition period, I'm like, no, no, I'm done. Just, like, give me the C-section. I'm not doing this anymore. And she's just come in. She's patted me on the knee. And she said, all you got to do is push the baby in. <laughs> like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, there was never any conversations around fear or anything like that. So all of the mindset was just another baby, just another birth. And away we went. That's good that you're feeling supported in your decision. Yeah. Because that is very important because you don't want to feel stressed out or not heard when you're going through such a big thing as well. Yeah, I think those sort of conversations just then can like fester just in the background, even though you might be like doing all the mindset work and all the hypnobirthing classes or whatever you're doing. By the time you actually get to labor, there is always going to be that little thought somewhere like, what if I tear? What if I tear? And all of that stress on those cortisol levels and everything is just, just going to mess with labor I yeah. think so I think the conversations leading up just all have to be on the right page yeah yeah for sure and as positive as possible like obviously you want to be made aware of the possible well, aware of them yeah like what could go wrong or what could cause you to have to then have a c-section again or whatever but yeah. at least yeah have an open positive conversation about it and also because not all cesareans are equal so you could have a textbook plan C-section that's just nice and simple. Some of them could be huge, like, crazy emergencies where the like there's so many different ways. There's like J cuts and there's traditional like all those different ways that they can access um, your uterus and your baby to get baby out. So some scars have more of a risk of rupture than others. I did so, not know that. <laughs> yeah. I was yeah. very lucky because obviously I'm the same with plans. I never had a 
concrete plan as such. I was very much happy to go with the flow and take on the advice of my caregivers. Um, is it caregivers? Yeah. <laughs> Care providers. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so when I went into labour, I was hoping to go natural. And by natural, I do not say drug-free. I was very much on board vaginal. with an epi. A vaginal, <laughs> a vaginal birth, birth yeah. yeah. And I was very lucky to have all three be vaginal births. I never had to go through the healing of a C-section scar and caring for two other small babies or... Yeah, and just like all of that core strength that is just gone. Yeah. And, you know, I had a 10-pound 7 baby too, so like lifting... They tell you you're not allowed to lift Yet after you have to care for your baby. I've got a five kilo baby, <laughs> like immediately. And lifting a capsule with a baby in it, right? It's Capsule's very heavy. heavy. I've actually got my all my prams and stuff back here that I'm selling. So <laughs> trying to get rid of all the baby stuff now. Finally, that so I'm done. It's, I love that. You know, the next phase, no car seat. I know oh. it's a great new <laughs> chapter in my life. Getting rid of all the prams. <laughs> How's life with four? Life with four is amazing. <laughs> you say that as if you were programmed. Because <laughs> I have three and I know how hectic it is. So <laughs> It's really hectic. It's very chaotic. Life doesn't stop. It just seems to get harder and like, okay, once we get through this busy period, we'll settle out. People, there's no such thing as getting through the busy period. It just gets busier and busier and busier and you just have to like roll with that. <laughs> Well, that's it for today. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Our Facebook group is called Balance with Carmen and Ashi. Make sure to join it for updates on upcoming episodes. Our socials are also found in the show notes. And here's your daily reminder to move your body, take your vitamins and drink your water. Until next time. <laughs>